All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast, where we share the work and play of working class Midwestern millennials. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? And we're back for another episode. Um, Hope you guys have been enjoying this stuff. Once again, please like, share, subscribe, and tell someone you know about that may like the podcast, and we can keep reaching more people. So we've got some people that have reached out to us on both Messenger and email, and we've got one here from Mr. Jake Helmick, uh, pretty much on board with this, but going to run this by Mr. Dozer here. He says we need to do weekly giveaways, but ask a question, kind of like the drive, drive time trivia or whatever, Okay. and the first person to respond correctly gets the prize, and you know maybe we'll get more followers out of it. And uh, I asked, what should we give away? And he says, maybe some tumblers or have somebody make some SSL decals and kind of give that stuff away. If only I knew somebody that could make that kind of stuff. Yeah, I might be able to work something out there. So if you guys got an idea for a logo or some swag that we could give away that's not going to cost us an arm and leg because we've already got like a bunch of money wrapped up in this deal. We don't have much (laughs) money in it. Sam does. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we might do that. That'd be kind of fun. So then John Flowers, uh, he's a listener from California. Good buddy of ours. We met him out wheeling out in California. He sent me a message on Facebook with three pictures, which I will show to Dozer here. And he says, uh, P.S. Your podcast makes me feel normal. I thought I was the only one who bought biohazard dumpsters. <laughs> so he sent some pictures check in. This out. He sent some pictures in of some literal freaking oh pigsties. This is it looks like a, a coupe, not a coupe, but a sedan car with the whole back seat is filled up to the armrest with garbage. Is there any of the staples in there like we were talking about, like the? Oh, uh, the picture quality isn't good enough to, oh, hold on a second. We got a close up of the floorboard. This, I've never had a vehicle this bad. This is, this is up to the bottom of the seat and garbage. I don't see any skull cans. There's some water bottles in there that could have tobacco spit in them. Uh, lots of prescription pill bottles. Okay. Yeah, sure. Not something I've really ran into a whole bunch. Uh, lots of receipts, maybe some lotto tickets. So this, what about the felony forest? The felony forest. I, mm. There's not a close-up of the rearview mirror, so we're out of luck there. But 50, anyway. 50-50 chance, honestly. But uh, we do enjoy reading the, the listener comments and, and hearing your guys' stories. Um, Nate Frederick sent in a picture uh, in an email of a house trailer. He said, I sold this trailer to a guy in Montrose, so if that guy is listening... Shout out. Screw you, guy. <laughs> Just over two years ago, he paid me cash money for the trailer, but it's still sitting in my yard. Note to self, selling tip number 6,567,027, always write up a contract for large items that must be moved. That's a good good idea. He sold a trailer, but is still in possession of said trailer. So I imagine the reason he sold it was to get rid of it, and he still still has it. Yeah, so... That's a good point. If you've got something big that you've sold, like a uh, chicken coop, um, (laughs) (laughs) Josh Stork, uh, basically make sure the guy is on time getting it out of there. And then he also said, uh, in reply to another one of our podcasts, 
Uh, he said, you guys were talking about how far you drive on the trails in a day. And because uh, that was the, mm-hmm. the, the wheeling one. He said, a few years ago, I attended a Jeep Jamboree, first and last in parentheses, in the Black Hills of South Dakota, which is a beautiful country, by the way. Uh, we signed up for the medium difficulty trail on the first day, which he told me later that that's kind of like the biggest group because no one wants to do the easy stuff and no one wants to do the hard stuff. Right. So everyone signs up for the moderate. He said, big mistake. We did 1.27 miles of one creek bed in one eight-hour day. Holy cow. I could not, I could not stand it. I would have had a sand page. I would have gone off. Um, so we actually... Transitioning to what's new, uh, boss man's wife, her 30th birthday, we had a little get together and we rode down to Mount Vernon with him and he was kind of giving us the, the details on that trip and it just sounded excruciating. But I guess they let Chloe Dawsonbrock, Randy's daughter, drive for a little bit. And uh, one of the trail guides was like, is she old enough to drive? And Nate said, well, yes, she is, number one. And number two, she could outwheel 90% of the people in this trail right now. So, like, I guess they were stock, the stalker, more stockish Jeeps were trying to climb over this little bitty obstacle. And every single person had to take get out and take a picture of their rock up on a tire. Oh, my gosh. Or, or tire up on a rock and just all this stuff. And he was telling me how terrible it was. So well, That reminds me, when I spent the summer of 2009 out in Wyoming... I brought my Jeep out there and got together at the local Jeep club and they did a Father's Day run up uh, in the mountains, in the Bighorn Mountains. And they had a hardcore group and an easy group. There was no medium. And I had my Jeep on 32-inch all-trains. I was like, well, I better take the easy group, you know. And we went 30 miles through the mountains over rocks the size of basketballs all day. And I got back and stock JKs went with the extreme people and had no problem. Hmm. And I was like, oh man, that should have been me. But that's when you were talking about easy medium, that reminded me of that. I just went and beat my brains out all day on this trail. I mean, seen some gorgeous country, but I think I should have went with the hardcore guys. We now know from experience, though, that a stock JK will wheel. I mean, yeah. you... They they get it pretty good, right? I mean, out a of stock box. XJ wheel too. If you don't care enough if, about if, the body panels, if you don't care about the body panels, you can get a stock XJ to do some stuff. Ask me how I know. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get Jason's input on that whenever he gets on the show. So, what's new with you, Dozer? Well, what's new with me uh, is a multi-part thing. This last weekend was the first Illinois gun season okay. for deer hunting. I. In high school, I before I got a girlfriend, I had no other hobbies. Hunting was it. I mean, I would, I mean, I would kill several deer a year with a bow, gun, late season, early season, winter. It, I hunted them all. All the things. Well, in the last couple of years, after having kids and getting married and starting a business, I've not been hunting as much. And, and truthfully, the kids in the businesses don't take away from it as much as other hobbies like jeeping and cars uh you know i kind of prioritize extra time and money to stuff with motors instead of uh deer hunting sure i have not killed a deer since 2018 Uh, my father says it's for lack of trying which is partially true but i've been pretty picky too because if i'm gonna 
take time out of my day to butcher a deer and haul it out and all that. I was wanting to shoot a big one. Well, this year was, my dad said he's been deer hunting in Illinois for 40 years. And this is the coldest opening weekend he's ever experienced. I think it was down to 17 degrees at one point this weekend. It was pretty chilly. Um, 20 mile an hour winds, just absolute wretched weather. And by the grace of God, killed a really, really nice buck. Opening day morning, about 8 o'clock, I was about froze to the tree by 8 o'clock. And usually we sit all day. Don't get out. Bring your lunch with you. Sit sun up to sundown. Okay. And got got the buck. I was super happy about that. Didn't hunt Saturday. Didn't hunt Sunday morning. Went out Sunday afternoon and filled my doe tag. Okay. And I realized... So our last episode, I was giving Sam a hard time, but I would leave a birthday party to sell something. Right. And I guess karma kind of called me on that a little bit because I've had a Jeep JK engine for sale for two, three months now. That okay. I talked about on the last episode. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently this weekend was blow your JK up weekend. I had no less than five people. When can you meet? When can you meet? Well, I was deer hunting. And I realized that deer hunting was that this selling this engine was not important enough to me to mess up my deer hunting. To get so out of the tree stand. I ended up deleting it. Deleted the ad. I deleted the ad. Are you going to repost it? I think I'm going to keep it. If I'm going to put the supercharger on my Jeep, I should probably have keep a backup. extra motor. Around. Okay. Okay. So I was just kind of laughing about it. I was like, man, I give Sam a hard time about the same thing. And here I am like, I can't be bothered to mess up my deer hunting to go sell this boss man would say you're not hungry enough well that's probably true so anyway i I mean between the whole package deal i bought i'm in that motor three hundred dollars that's good or engine i guess sure doesn't matter we're not picky down here it's got a starter motor on it this is this is a non-discriminatory location here so i figure for three hundred dollars i'll keep it and you know everybody what blew me away is everybody wants a guarantee like do you promise this is going to be good like no i promise it is a complete engine it's not locked up (laughs) it spins over and it just blows my mind everybody's like well i need a guarantee like if you want a guarantee buy a reman call jasper yeah spend uh triple what i'm asking plus some for a reman if you need a guarantee right so, okay. And then one guy messaged me and said, oh, I see by your Facebook profile that you off-road. I do not want this engine if it's been off-roaded. So then why would you even respond to the ad? Yeah, I said, well, I've never off-road with this engine, but I couldn't tell you its previous life. It, it could have been upside down, backwards on fire in a creek bed somewhere. Exactly. Okay. So that I thought was kind of an interesting turn of events and kind of what's new with me. So what's going on with you, Sam? So along the lines of selling stuff, truck's gone. Sold the truck. Oh yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. It's gone. Way to go. So uh, I can't help but think that it was our podcast. It had to. It had to have been. It was a karma thing uh, because we putting were putting out dis- good vibes. We, we were discussing all the things I was doing incorrectly after advising others on how to sell, and uh, one of the things that we discussed was the signage was a little messed up. So I put signs up a little bit different, more visible. Um, considered, like I said, deleting the ad and reposting it. But I mean, almost immediately after recording the last episode, I got a message on Facebook. Um, we kind of went back and forth. Long story short, he bought it. 
So, um, yeah, so the truck's gone. Have you ever noticed selling something, you'll have it listed for weeks and weeks and weeks with no interest, and then all of a sudden, one day, you've got like three dudes fighting over it? So I'm going to say that there's probably something in the algorithm for Marketplace um, that once you get a couple messages on it, I think it probably pops it back up in the in the feed to where more people are going to see it. So right. um, either way, it's gone. Uh, got paid for it. So looking for the next thing. And uh, we have our next guest just walked in the door. Yeah, so previous guest, a returning alum. We'll, uh, we'll get him settled in here and uh, get going. So we're joined by Kyle Willenberg. Say hello, Kyle. How's it going? You may remember him from a previous episode. Um, so continuing with what's new with me is this last weekend, uh, Mr. Willenberg had some people over and he purchased a new building for his business and we were building some walls in there, spent, I don't know, most of the day on Saturday and I didn't come on Sunday, but they got quite a bunch of work done and kind of just turning it into something that's going to be suitable for his business. So you want to talk a little bit about that, Mr. Kyle? Yeah, we turned a old mechanics garage slash wood shop into, or are turning it into a functioning detail shop, ceramic coating, you know, shop. We'll have our own spray and bed liner uh, booth. Um, I'll be able to paint in one bay. It'll be nice. So if you didn't listen to the episode where Kyle was on last, he has a business that does paint correction, um, ceramic coating, bed liners, uh, pretty much your one-stop automotive shop for uh, cosmetic type stuff. Um, I think he told me last week he became a weather tech dealer. Yes. So that's pretty interesting. Going to be looking forward to getting some weather techs for my stuff. Um, but yeah, so like he, he's kind of underselling a little bit. This, this shop is, well, when was it built in the seventies? 78. Okay. So, and it basically hasn't been updated since. No. Um, and it's just kind of an open floor plan with some in ground lifts and a, uh, what was it? Was a brake semi, like a DOT brake tester. It's uh, something strange. I've seen them in old shops before, but um, they ripped that all out and there's, you know, some stuff that the floor needs leveled and, and things like that, but it's, it's really coming together. It's turned into a really nice space. It's going to be really good for them. Uh, pretty excited. Uh, but the biggest part about it is it's right downtown in Teotopolis, Illinois, which is a pretty tight knit community. And two weeks ago he had the outside of it panned. It was like crap brown with dark brown trim. Like I said, it was built in the seventies and never updated and, doesn't matter what you spent on it, Kyle, because it was worth twice whatever you paid right. because it, it changed the look of downtown T-Town. And between him and his brother and other people that I know, hundreds of text messages saying, wow, I can't believe he painted that. It looks so good. Completely changed the look of downtown. Just really classed it up a lot. I think the first day they finished, like they were finishing the gray um, it was a gray with black trim. The last day they were putting the last coat of the gray on. I think I had 65 text messages that day from 
no numbers that I have saved, like talking about, like you just said, looks great, you know, so glad you did what you did. You know, it's night and day difference from what it was before. So no, Nothing against the old man that had it before, but he was just towards the end of his, you know, career with that building and just had no use for anything dressy or fancy. But considering Kyle's in a cosmetic industry, he had to uh, kind of church it up a little bit, as they say. Now, what you guys haven't touched on is the exciting part is Kyle has grown his business from a basically a two-bay garage behind his house to he's going big time. Well, it's so. even more than that. Goes, I mean, It goes back to like detailing in your mom's garage yeah. cody right. cody started cw in my mom's garage like in high school i mean he wrenched on the side-by-sides and four-wheelers after hours of working at weber um, brothers weber brothers and he'd gotten an accident on a motorcycle and broke his leg pretty much lost his job if i remember right and he decided at that point he was going to buy the jefferson street building and never really looked back and i was working for ted Rhodes in effingham at dusty Rhodes detailing and decided that i would moonlight some details on the side for race car money and i did that for like seven years in my mom's 20 by 20 garage Mm -hmm. bought the house that i'm in now with a 30 by 40 i thought like didn't you didn't you buy Dave's business before you bought your house? Yes. So I bought like the mobile reconditioning business probably two years, three years before I bought my house. And it was a little like seven by thirteen or twelve seven by ten <laughs> little trailer. <laughs> I could rebuild axles in that thing like nobody's business. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> I think what Edith said of wheel bearings. Once like a week. Once a month. You got to put grease on them, Kyle. <laughs> nah, just keep pulling it, baby. <laughs> the old half-inch impact. Torque her down until she stops yeah. spinning. That's, right. That's preload right there. <laughs> That's Dean Willenberg tight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, you bought your house that had a, a, a kind of the same deal, a, a, a dated shed. Just a 30 by 40 pole barn with concrete floors. Um, spray foam insulated it. White tint on the walls and the ceiling. Added two garage doors. Um, a walk-in door, 30-some LED lights, and then thought that I was big time and was going to have all the room in the world. And How long did that last? Three, four weeks? Three, like, four minutes. <laughs> I think like the fourth week, I was like, shit. I'm, <laughs> it, it was real bad when my wife moved in because I had some of my cars in the house garage. Mm-hmm. And then she moved in and th- thought she needed to park in the garage. What's what's with women and wanting to park their shit yeah. inside? Yeah, well, I mean, so, I, my wife never gets to park inside, yeah. so I'm lucky there. I mean, all Though my fifteen hundred dollar Ford Falcon is inside. <laughs> That's well, I mean, my garage has a car and a razor in it. All my stuff that I drive sits outside. Yeah. So she moved. She moved in, and one of the cars went to the shed, and then the other car stayed in the garage, and it just. It's been downhill from there. Ran out of room in a hurry. Thought really long and hard before I made the purchase because I was at the point in life where, like, everything was going good, and it's like you could chill out where you're at now or just try to 
get bigger, take it, get out. take it to take, the next take level. It to get the next uncomfortable. Level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I was I've been thinking about this because in the spring of twenty one, we moved our business out of our home shop into a big building in town. We didn't buy; we rented. But I was just going to give you the heads up. So when you move from your house to an actual building and go big, I'll describe it as it's like getting punched in the nuts every day. Yeah. Cody, so, how- so that goes on for about <laughs> six months. Cody was, he definitely uh, made sure I knew that was going to be a thing. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. So anyway, um, to wrap, to tie it back in. We are trying to make it where there's separate areas to do the bed liner because the current kind of bitch that you have is the bed liner. When you spray it, it gets all over the walls. It's a mess, and you want a designated area for that, designated area for your ceramic coating, which is a, you know, a big Super, deal. Yeah, so the problem now is like spraying bed liners, like you said, nothing can be in the shop because that stuff goes everywhere. Sure. Um, ceramic coating has to be, you know, can't really have a guy next to the guy or you know if i'm ceramic coating we can't have the guys detailing a car next to it because the stuff will mist over and get into you know the coating it's kind of very temperamental right so yeah so anything else new going on in your life i mean you're pretty much wrapped up 24 7 in that i'm surprised you actually even had time to scoot over here. I was to actually do. kind of surprised to see him. I appreciate took, you joining us. Took, took a, a night off, so good deal. So this episode, we're gonna talk about like essentials for bringing along in different scenarios. Who Nate. asked us about this? Wait, this is kind of a listener idea. It, it was a listener submission. Was it Friend Frog that asked about it? Maybe. Possibly. Anyway, one of the listener submissions was talk about road trip essentials um we're going to talk about excuse me road trip essentials razor riding jeep off-roading um car cruising and racing um it's kind of our maybe just in general like long road trips even with it's with a regular everyday vehicle so let's start with that let's start with long road trips because both of you guys have kids and you take long road trips so dozer you have a minivan i do yes um, Kyle does not because he does not believe in them. Uh, boss man, however, his older brother drives one every day. And I, I drove it the other day when we were working on Kyle's shop. And I got to say that thing's pretty damn nice. I mean, they've got the 3.6 liter. They're direct injected. I mean, it, it hauls the mail for a minivan. Yeah, as my buddy Ross said, it's the Swiss army knife of vehicles and cup holders for days. Yes. You can lay the back seats down and fit a four bait sheet of lumber in there. Okay, so road trip, long road trip. Let's say we're going to, I don't know, your in-laws used to live in southern Missouri, like down that way, like a, like a five, six-hour road trip. What are, we, what are we bringing along? Basically, not counting any kid stuff or personal stuff, a gun. Okay. That's about it. Uh, wife's van at the time we were doing that had under 100K on it. Didn't really, didn't really bring anything too extra honestly looking back should have probably threw a toolkit in or something but um i would just, like a tool bag that i will rotate from vehicle to vehicle my truck or like bailey's suburban or the duster <clears throat> and i'll throw an impact in there it's got your standard you know 
a wrench set and then some sockets but I hate changing a flat tire with the damn tire tools that come with your car. Right. We when we got my wife's van, it was missing the jack and the uh, lug wrench. Lug wrench. And I realized that we drove five hours down to her parents and looked, and I was like, "Oh, we don't have that." So I went to O'Reilly's and bought a just a universal scissor jack mm-hmm. and a collapsible four-way tire iron. Okay. And put those in the back. They they fit in the factory spot. Perfect. Perfect. It was great. Um, and that's about it, really. I'm I I should probably throw now that it's getting it's got 140k on it. Should probably maybe throw a tool kit in there, just because if you had to change an alternator or something, it'd be nice to have tools. So one thing in when doesn't matter where I'm going, a jumper pack. I always try to have a jumper pack with me. Where, if unless I'm just driving around town, but if I'm going out of town at all, I like to have a jumper pack with me, namely because a lot of my stuff is older, has higher miles on it. Um, but it's I've used it more on other people's vehicles than I have my own, and I don't know if it's a you know good Samaritan or Karma or whatever you want to call it, but it, it feels good to help a guy or a gal or whoever, you know. Shit happens. You battery goes dead. You know, leave the radio on. Whatever. It's very, very simple to carry with you, and it can save a heck of a lot of headache having to get jumper cables and try to flag somebody down or whatever, just to be able to start yourself or somebody else without any hassle. Number one thing, and then my truck in the door pocket, I have zip ties. So that's going to be a common theme for all of these. Is 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 zip ties? Yes. So, um, and then as far as the kids are concerned, is there like, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about, it don't, mean, you could bring everything and the kitchen sink and it's still not enough. Yeah, I mean, the DVD player is nice in the van. Uh, my red truck has the Apple iCar or whatever. They, it's like a double din car play. Yeah. And you, we can play DVDs on that. It's like a four inch screen and the kids will watch it from the back. I don't even know how they see it, but <laughs> their eyesight is better than ours. So we actually, when we went down to Tennessee, we have the same DVD in there since we've owned it. It's uh, Ninjago. Okay. So, it got scratched up enough because the kids take it out and like throw it around and stuff. <laughs> so it got scratched up enough. You used to be able to like skip past the scratches and that, that didn't happen. So we actually went to Walmart into a red box, <laughs> rented <laughs> DVDs, watched them on the way back home and then returned them to the red box at Walgreens in Effingham. That's funny. So Three, that's your pro tip for the night? I guess. I don't know. So but, I, riding down to Mount Vernon with Kyle, we listened, listened. To Paw Patrol. To Paw Patrol, <laughs> I, I I don't know what they like about listening to a TV show. Kids are wild, dude. Oh yeah, it's so, yeah. I don't even. So for the longest time, Bailey's Suburban, you know, it's always had the DVD player. But for the longest time, Cohen didn't even know that you could hear what was on the TV. Okay. So Bailey had taken the like she had volunteered for a school field trip, and she had to drive a couple kids to Pizza Man. Well, Cohen's preschool is like 500 feet from Pizza Man. <laughs> but the little boy that was in the back seat like insisted that she turn the volume on Paw Patrol so they could listen to it while they drove. So ever since then, every time we get in it, Cohen's like, Tur- turn it up, Mom. Tur- 
I need to hear it. Turn it up. That's the, that's the most annoying thing about uh, the van is you can't listen to the radio and listen to the DVD at the same time. They actually make for the town and country, they make Bluetooth headsets yeah. that I do not own so the kids can listen to the movie and you can listen to the radio because it gets kind of old listening to Paw yeah. Patrol over for five hours and straight. Over and over. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's the yeah same deal. And, and then they'll be watching a movie and like Cody will call and I'll be talking to Cody over the Bluetooth and we can't hear the movie. Like be quiet. I can want a business call. But uh, you talked about your truck, and my list changes a lot when I take my truck. Uh, maybe my truck always has a toolkit in it. Okay. It's got 380,000 miles on it. And if I'm towing a trailer, the floor jack gets thrown in the back. Okay. And even if I'm not, I might throw the floor jack in the back because I would rather jack a diesel truck up with a floor jack. Rather than a scissor jack. Right. I do not. For the years, I did not own a cordless impact. I do own a cordless impact now. And, and you're how welcome. The hell, that, did you live life without a cordless impact? I just did not think it was something I needed. Oh, and now, Jesus once I have Christ. it, I use it all the time. Absolutely. I've not, I don't even know if I've turned my air compressor on since I've owned it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have, but <laughs> just a little bit. Well, the, the metal cutting table runs oh, off the air. Well, but, okay. Okay. But yeah. it is nice not fighting an air hose. I know that. Okay. Uh, any other just flat out road trip essentials? Just jumper pack. When I'm going down to Tennessee, I bring a jumper pack with me. Okay. Um, just spare tire for the trailer, floor jack, and like I said, I've always got a toolkit with me and a gun. Gun, toolkit, floor jack. All right. Um, so then, since we're talking about going down to Tennessee, um, let's talk about wheeling essentials. So if we're going out. Me personally, with the side by side, or you with your Jeep, um, there's some definite essentials that you need for sure. So, um, specifically Tennessee, when you're going down there, like we discussed in the previous episode about Tennessee, you're putting some serious miles on, and you can't just drive your truck within a hundred feet of your broke down machine. You need to be a little more self sufficient. So, one thing for sure. Um, that I always have in my razor. It stays in my razor. Is a gun? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not a gun. It's a first aid kit. Oh, um, yeah. So I have, it's a pretty basic, just got it off of Amazon. I think it was like 30, 40 bucks. Um, but it's got a lot of not really essential first aid products because a lot of the first aid kits that you get are just like 5,000 band-aids and some freaking <laughs> gauze, gauze and, <laughs> and some aspirin. Yeah. So this is more of like a military, I guess, tactical, whatever you want to call it. It's got, they'll make anything tactical. Yeah, whatever. But it's got, um, it's got like a, a, a snake bite kit and a tourniquet and some like blood clotting powder. Um, basically to take care of some more serious injuries. Uh, we got burn ointment, which is I've used before. It's pretty nice. important. Um, but the idea is, in my mind, if you know a, a somewhat non-serious injury can become potentially life-threatening in a in the wrong situation. So, if you're lost in the middle of Tennessee, uh, which we have the blessing of ride command and, and GPS and stuff, but if you're lost, don't know where you're at, you could be walking in circles for days trying to find the way home or the help or whatever. So. If you get a decently 
large cut on your arm or something, you could bleed out if you don't get it taken care of. So that's why I got the tourniquet and the and the blood clotting powder and stuff. Um, the Israeli bandages in there. Um, I got a. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a like a a, a a splint, but it it's rolled up and you unroll it and break it or something and it gets hard like a cast or something it's pretty cool i haven't used it yet but it's it's there thank god um and I'd then have, i'd have to take it out of the package just use it and buy a new one just to... and then uh i, I got a uh, ice pack the one you break and it, it gets cold mm-hmm. um and i've also got a bic lighter in there and a flint and steel in there and uh magnesium shaving so it gets cold at night in the mountains and you know if you're broke down or whatever you could start a fire a to signal uh, smoke and or light and then obviously to keep warm and then alongside it is three glow sticks and this is all stuff I've learned off of the forums if you are I guess it's a universal thing that I didn't know until I read it so I probably wouldn't know without this but PSA for today is if you're going down a trail and you come across a glow stick keep going if there's a second glow stick then you know there should be a third one and then third glow stick kind of like triangles on the highway is you know if you're in distress you have a glow stick where you're at close to you and then one with an eye shot of the first one and then again eye shot again and the idea is it's supposed to bring people to your aid so i've got that stuff never had to use it knock on wood but that's something that i kind of take a little bit of extra time and, and and care with because it's it's always nice to have it and not need it and like i said i've used the lighter tons of times I've used the burn ointment a few times, used Band-Aids plenty of times, um, but the more serious stuff I've never had to use. I mean, there's gauze and, and scissors and you know all the stuff you'd expect in a more of a military-style right. first aid kit. And that's kit. more of a survival kit than just a first aid kit, I feel like. I've got some first aid kits, but they're just ones from Walmart and exactly. stuff. And, and I brought them. Actually, <laughs> between my truck and Jeep, I had four first aid kits last time we went. Jeez. So, but I mean, yeah, like that, like not that on kind of purpose, thing. It just kind of happened that way. So, so being prepared, um, that's kind of like expect the unexpected. Maybe, um, you know, if you're going wheeling in a in a hauler or a bottom or whatever here locally, it's not at all not essential. <clears throat> but I mean, I you know, I'm I'm not a pessimist by any means, but I I like to I like to be prepared in in a worst case type scenario, or at least try to think that I could at least help myself through a bad situation. Prepare for a rainy day because it's going to rain. It's going to rain. So along with that, while I'm razor riding, um, I like to bring plenty of additional clothing. So obviously dress for the weather, but depending on the time of year, you could be 70 degrees out riding a t-shirt, sun goes down on the wrong side of the mountain, starts raining. You can get cold real fast. So I like to have a jacket or a hoodie with me depending on the time of year. Um, my rain gear, the frog togs that like motorcycle riders wear, they roll up super compact. You can store them. Um, uh, dust mask, uh, cause it can get dusty and breathing that shit sucks. Goggles for your eyes. Cause I'm always in the back, the tail gunner, so to speak. And all that dust and crap gets kicked up. It's hard to breathe, hard to see. Um, and then along the survival type aspect, um, snacks, because I can't survive without <laughs> snacks. Um, don't want that blood sugar getting low. Cannot you know? let the blood sugar drop. Old Sam Page out in the middle of the uh, <laughs> mountains. Um, but it's actually a law. Uh, I think as it, as it out in California, you have mm-hmm. to have a bottle of water and a granola bar 
in your off off highway vehicle because it's a whole nother level yet again from Tennessee as far as being out in the middle of nowhere and it's the desert so you can get dehydrated quickly. So having a couple drinks, a couple snacks with you, even if you're not planning on using them, just to have them again, just in case. So Right. I was telling the guys at the transmission shop about that. I was like, when we're out racing at KOH, when you go to the remote pit one, it's like 30 miles and through the desert and there's not a road there. And it's not easy terrain either. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that I have, or not, not the last one, sorry. Um, a big one that I have for the side by sides is spare parts. Um, because like we were talking about on the Tennessee episode, you can pretty much rebuild a razor on the side of the trail if you have the right tools and the right parts. So, um, obviously a toolkit and spare parts, um, try to have, uh, we've over the years have built a pretty decent toolkit, uh, with all the ratchet sockets, wrenches, everything that we need, um, screwdrivers, you name it, it's in there. Anything to do some pretty major repair to the razors in that toolkit and the spare parts, you know, tie rod ends, uh, ball joints, axles, uh, spare tire, a tire plug kit and an air compressor that's invaluable on the trail having at least a patch kit and an air compressor can get you miles and miles further than without it as i've seen and one thing i want to point out is uh something i noticed between you and cody that also happened to me accidentally was wheeling with someone that has the same vehicle as you okay yeah because you and cody split up what parts you carry front axles he carries rear axles or whatever and my cousin, I bought a JK Unlimited, and he bought a JK Unlimited. And when we went, I was like, hey, are you bringing your spare tire? Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring my spare tire. And the spare tire fit on both. Mm-hmm. And, okay, well, I'll carry um, ball joints and U-joints. And he's like, okay. So we had a lot of extra parts between the both of us, but we're not bogged down. Because but then you got... Jason, who's wheeling completely different, com- something completely different. Thus, he, you know, he didn't bring a spare tire, but if he would have, he he couldn't have shared ours. He couldn't have shared, you know, he maybe could have shared some new joint parts, but you know, no other parts we no had. spare axles. No, I mean, anything. not even suspension joints. Nothing. Right. So like steering. Nothing. All of our. This is nothing to do with wheeling, but all of our drag cars. So like me and Dad, Cody. Rick, Kelly, Eric, we all run big block Mopar. We all run the same water pump. We all run the same fuel pumps. Like at any time, if I lost and Rick is still in and he needs my fuel pump or like his fuel pump takes a shit, like one, we all have like carry rebuild kit and or two, you could take it off your car and put on the next one. And that happened to me at gateway at a mopar event my water pump took a shit and we rebuilt it with one of rick's rebuild kits and something was in the radiator and ended up breaking like the impeller on the second when we rebuilt it so we took his water pump off and put it on my dragster and i think i i got down to like six or eight cars that day but yeah that's something i never really put much weight too but once it i seen it and it experienced it it's, in action it's pretty yeah nice. for sure that's why another reason i wish jason to buy jk yeah maybe he no, will no, one he, day he won't. I, I about shit when rick's like we we're putting my dragster together 
and he's like, you need to buy this water pump. I was like, all right, write down the part number. I'll order it. It was like $700. Holy cow. 16 years old in high school, working two jobs to build this race car. And I was like, that is like five paychecks. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'll buy it. You pay me back, but you have to have it. And like two years into the race, and I I understood why. So then the last one that I have on on wheeling, uh, Razor and Jeep besides, is radios. So in the... In the side by sides, we run the rugged radios, uh, which is the the FM radio or GMRS. I don't even know; it's way over my head technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the communication factor is is a huge asset. I think it's GMRS, and you're technically supposed to have a license for it, except rugged bought their own frequencies or something and okay. you do not have to have a license on ruggeds a private channels. quote unquote private channels yes. or something. okay that's fair enough anything else you have for the jeeps well the- i mean we didn't talk tools i mean we just bring you know your your standard tool kit if you have special sockets uh you know like a 36 millimeter for the front axle shafts on a jeep uh if if like Jason, he brought his spindle nut socket for the front and back, just in case you never know, bring your specialized sockets, just a simple kit. I mean, you can do a lot of wrenching with a Leatherman right? if you have to. Yeah. And an adjustable wrench. I would say try to stay light as you can on the parts. Try to share as many parts between them. Uh, we did for the first time ever bring, well, maybe not the first time the first uh, I've brought a, Milwaukee M18 grinder. Okay. And I bring a cutoff wheel, a flap disc, and a grinding wheel. I zip tie them together. I also bring zip ties too on the trail. Tons of zip ties. Tons of zip ties. Uh, didn't use it the first time I went to Windrock. The second time, used it to uh, take all the powder coat off my control arm that I had to weld. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. It maybe didn't need it, but you know. I had nice it. to have it. I had it. So there's a hell of a lot more storage in a JK than there is in a side by side too. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I Unless mean, you have a Jason, will, Jason will bring 5,000 pounds and tools if you let him. And I was just like, don't worry about it. My, my cousin, Greg's a Eagle scout. So he is, he, he is that has, I mean, a real nice tool collection and tool bags that are rolled up. And if you need it, I mean, the dude has safety wire with the correct pliers in his Jeep. Is anything on his Jeep even safety wired? Uh, we safety wire up our sway bars before we hit the trail. Because neither one of our Jeeps, we have disconnects, but nothing to hold the sway bar up. So there's nothing, no fasteners that are legitimately no, safety but wired. Had them. Okay. But, but side story, my cousin Greg's dad, which would be my Uncle Mike, is an airplane mechanic. And the first time he pulled that safety wire thing, I was like, tell me you're the son of an airplane mechanic without <laughs> telling me you're the son of an airplane mechanic. Exactly. But uh, uh, that and, um, you know, bring some steering joints. Just don't go crazy on parts, you know, but it is nice if you can throw some. Like I bought one one upper and one lower ball joint. I don't know if I'd be able to get them changed on the trail without a without a press. Maybe I didn't, didn't even have a hammer, so maybe that was stupid. But you never know if someone comes along with a hammer. You could maybe get them hammered out. And... Uh, uh, oh, my big one was I, I when I threw this in my Jeep, I thought I was the smartest guy I'd ever known. Is I threw a blue tarp in my Jeep, mm-hmm. and I've probably wheeled 
six, seven times with that blue tarp in the bottom of my trail box and never used it. And then when we went to Tennessee, Jason left his roof at home, had a 20% chance of rain. Well, we had a 20% chance of rain on the other side of the 73,000 acres. Well, we drove all the way to the other end and it was raining there today. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, uh, tucked his, the, the tarp in his doors and, you know, protected his kids from the rain. And he uh, started calling it the meth J instead of the SJ <laughs> because it looked just like a trailer park on wheels at that point. <laughs> and that Laren's like, awesome. well, we're not going to lose him uh, with that big blue tarp on him. Guess not. But, uh, that, and yeah, bring a floor jack for the, for the ride down. And, you know, you can use that on the trailer or the truck. Uh, I think one of us, we make Greg bring his high lift jack for the trail. Just one high lift jack between three or four vehicles. That's plenty. Yeah, one is plenty. And you hope to not have to use it. Then things are... A uh, high Death lift traps. has saved me. I used, Before I had a winch, I used that high lift multiple times to winch me out. And it's it saved me, but I hate using it. It's, it's, I cringe when I have to get it out. It can be dangerous. So sidebar, you talked about maybe could get it changed, maybe not. A valuable lesson I learned... Uh, too late in life was at least try okay so if something's broke and you think there's no oh i know where this is going no effing way i'm ever gonna get this fixed um just give it a shot because you never know when that broken off rod end will just thread right out of your tie rod and save you an entire half a day of agonizing defeat yeah, in that, the blistering cold. Oh, my God. And that's probably one of those, we'll have to talk about this on a future episode, and Kyle will have to be there. I will and Jason. be there. It's, it's on the on, it is on the list. It is but on the list. Worst wheeling day ever. We did not fix Sam's broken steering under the assumption his old steering would not come out. So we drug his Jeep backwards for hours back to the parking lot. And when we got home to fix it, it threaded out by hand. By hand. So... Pro tip, at, at least, least try. try. So anyway, we've covered wheeling and uh, the Jeeps and the Razors. And, and road what, trips. And road trips. Um, Kyle brought up the drag racing aspect. So I enjoy watching. I've, I've only actually competitively done it a couple of times, but you guys both have. So talk about some essentials for drag racing. I think it just depends on like you as a person, I guess. I don't know. One of like if I go on a long weekend racing, money obviously. I mean, if I'm leaving town um, and going for you know a three or four day race, if I were to break something, you know I'm five to eight hours away from home, and if I can buy something to fix it while I'm there, you know that's one big thing. So cash, cash, okay, ca- ca- cash is you know. <laughs> What about a gun? <laughs> I always have one in every one of my vehicles. There you go. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, it depends on you as a person, your car. Um, my car has shifting issues, like, randomly. Um, I have an air shifter that's been sent off, like, three times because it randomly shifts first to third gear. Doesn't do it all the time. Might do it five times in a weekend might do it five times in five runs um 
So I bring... Super that, handy in a bracket oh, race. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. 642 with a three. Every single time it shifts first to third. I would just let it do that <laughs> and then put that on the window. I'd make a decal. So I always bring um, extra air bottles for my shifter because typically my shifter seems sensitive to if it doesn't have like 700 pounds of pressure in the bottle is when it'll start shifting first to third. So I think I have 11 air bottles. Good God. I just carry. Um, I always have an extra carburetor, um, shifter cable. Um, that's another known 727 first to third gear shift issue. Um, we have, you know, the water pump rebuild kits like we talked about earlier, uh, fuel pump rebuild kits, your normal tools, um, my dad carries one tube for like a racing slick and I never thought it would come in handy ever. Like I always thought it was dumber than hell. Why do you have it? You know, what's the point of it until we were racing one weekend and my cousin Eric uh, had like cut a slick and it probably could have been saved with that tire tube. So sidebar, your CO2 bottles that you use for your air shifter are like, I don't know, an inch and a half in diameter by 10 inches long. Have you ever considered putting a 10-pound nitrous bottle in there? So, yes, that's been a thought. Last year, I put a onboard air compressor to air my tires up. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't I've, get enough pressure. Well, get 700. I've found you don't need 700 pounds to shift it. It only needs like so many well, pounds. It's a CM- CFM thing. Right. So a lot of guys who run an air shifter are running their onboard air compressors all the time. Okay. And it just feeds off of that. So I've talked about that. I actually said, fuck all of it and bought a different shifter and I'm going a total different route. Where does the exhaust for the air actuated shifter exhaust to? It exhausts. Surely just into the cab. Into the cab of the car? Like, So so it would be ill-advised to run nitrous oxide as a gas to (laughs) run your air shifter. Or it might be really fun. Who knows? It it exits out of the back of the solenoid on the shifter. You could plumb that into the intake, though. Oh, hell yeah. Bob Glidden type stuff. It'd like like flash the converter as it shifted. Ah, man. We should try that. We We should try that. Um, okay, so what else would you actually insist on bringing? Like, kind of think outside the box here, because one of mine is, if I'm going to the racetrack to watch you race, I'm bringing a cooler full of beer and snacks and chairs, comfortable chairs. So if you are going to come to a racetrack, definitely chairs. I love my pop-up tent. That's a must because nine out of ten times it's a hundred degrees when you're racing and you either put the car underneath of it, which we have a tent for the car, and then we have a tent to just hang out under like we did at Benton that weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, Cooler full of beer for when you win, obviously, is a must. But uh, nine out of ten times I drink my sorrows away on the way home. (laughs) That's like that song. That's why we drink. <laughs> exactly. Because yep. we're winning, because we're losing. <laughs> yep. 
But uh, if Dean's going, a case of Dr Pepper, or or three, and a carton of Winston's, mm-hmm. a golf cart. Okay. Yeah. A means of transportation from Absolutely. the pit to the starting line. Yeah. Some whether it's some a scooter, bicycle. Right. Some racetracks we go to, you park really close to the starting line, so you can walk, and it's not terrible. But uh, go to like Bowling Green, there might be. Like, depends on the weekend, you might be at, like, the quarter-mile mark from the starting line. Like, that's a long walk. That's a long walk. Long walk, for sure. So, What do you need for the Nova, Dozer? Well, seeing, uh, I hear Kyle list off shift cables and this and that. We race a Chevrolet, so we don't really <laughs> need a, that many Put a power parts. line in your Mopar. <laughs> I mean... And we have no trouble with our electric solenoid shifter. I'm just telling you. And you can't shift to the wrong gear if you only got two, my man. <laughs> and nine dollar for every time all my Chevy buddies are like, I wouldn't. I don't have that problem. It shifts first to second, no problem. Exactly. And the dragster shifts first to second. I mean, you go low to high in a Chevy, and when your car shifts first to third, you're going low to high. I mean, I think it just wants to be a power. Yeah, it just it's, wants to be. It's yeah. one of them trans transmissions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it identifies. It identifies as a glide. Oh, uh, what are its pronouns? It. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's a Dodge transmission for oh, you, though, yeah. folks. So, anyway, uh, the other advantage to run a Chevrolet is nine out of ten trailers are going to have the same parts yes. for your car in yeah. it. Yeah, and O'Reilly's, yeah. probably. On well. the shelf in the Spectre section. <laughs> but um, Kyle said a lot of things we did. Uh, you know, the golf car is, is nice. Recently, we've. Not been bringing the golf cart and been bringing a moped. It works okay as well. Dozer and Jerry riding around nut to butt on a moped. I can see that. I'm picturing that in my head. Two big dudes just cruising around on a moped. 2022, who's to really say? They can't judge you. So, uh, (laughs) Kyle... Kyle talked about the fuel pump rebuild kit, which we had one and used it, and I'm pretty sure that never got replaced. So, so write that down. Yeah, the Holly Blue fuel pump rebuild kit uh, we did use. We did need it one time, and uh, uh, that has not been replaced. I know he carries spark plugs. Okay, that's a must. Plugs, wires, in um, like three end wrenches, like three eighths, nine sixteenths, and three quarter or something, you know, probably more than that, but not very many in wrenches, almost no sockets, just enough to, uh, check air in the tires. I think we bring an adjustable wrench to change the four link preload if it's pulling a little bit. And that is a really cool thing. Uh, his car would be real, real bad about pulling to the wall and you can take an upper link bar on the driver's side, twist it a quarter turn and a car will leave different. Hmm. So that's something that we've played with. It, it does leave straight now. If you're uh, my dad, you pack. I'm pretty for sure you could do a complete engine overhaul out of his trailer. Or get at least halfway there. It's Absolutely. always funny because, like, over the intercom, the, the race announcer will be like, does anybody have? And just name out the most random thing, and he'll jump out of his chair. I think I got that. And he'll be digging, <laughs> exactly. he'll be digging boxes out of the trailer. He pulls these tubs. He's got, like, 50 tubs in the front of his See, trailer. We're, we're, not, we're like the opposite in the spectrum. Like, 
if it if it's not putting air in the tires or tightening the lug nuts, we'll just go home and try again next weekend. It's a Chevy guy. Well, and and so <laughs> we're not that competitive. So and and that's another thing. The way we did win one time, Street Fighter Champions 2019. <laughs> just saying. I would like to have like your dad and Uncle Rick for one of these because oh, it would be so much fun. I've heard so many stories about the old Monster Mopar days, like rebuild a 727 between rounds and and win the whole thing. You know what I mean? So like they had everything to rebuild the transmission. In you know, 2009, my Uncle Rick had like just got the Cuda up and going with the. 540 in it alcohol it was a like flying toilet injection alcohol setup cracked number five and number eight cylinder wall he was at like 16 cars and like the damage was done but the car was still running like 560s or like 550 whatever it was and he told my dad he's like we're done and dad's like you're winning. Like, you're going to win this race. We're not done. And he sent Rick's wife and his daughter to every single parts store within 30 minutes of Gateway's racetrack and bought every gallon of oil that they had. And every single round, we would change oil, and it was just like straight water. We'd hmm. like, he'd pull back. We'd put the car on jack stands, pull the doghouse off. Dad would be underneath of it changing oil. And it was insane. He ended up winning that night. That's awesome. That's the kind of story we need <laughs> Dean and Rick here for because that that type of shit I just love hearing that. Yeah. But I I would say we we run pretty wide on tools. So now dad's <laughs> dad's like new motto if something breaks, he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, we're going home." Like not going to work on it at the racetrack anymore. He's, Especially if it's on alcohol. Oh, Tires yeah. flat, fuck it, go home. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> your tow truck don't work to get here, get your race car here, it's because the race car's on alcohol. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, he, my, my father-in-law does carry uh, ignition advance springs. Okay. Because for some unknown reason to me, into the world, he still <laughs> runs. <laughs> he still runs mechanical advance on his race car. Not locked out. And my we, street car is locked out. Just saying. We, uh, we had the springs get weak and it was advancing at idle and we would adjust the timing. And then when he's going down the track, it would shoot a two foot flame out the headers <laughs> underneath of it because the, the timing was so retarded. And, uh, we fought that for like two years. Jesus. And when we finally found his two little springs were, were whooping us. But anyway, after 2019 season, he walked timing out, and the car sounds like a totally different car. I mean, it sounds like a race car now. Yeah. And we've never raced it since. That's a shame. Never. That, that is, car that has is not been shame. down the track since 19, I don't think. So COVID kind of killed that. And then 2023 is a new year, man. Get it out. Maybe. It needs a converter. It needs new headers. The headers, when you take them off, you can hold them up to the light, and it just looks like Swiss cheese. I know a good fat yeah, guy. Some, some guy came up. He's like, hey, you got a pretty bad exhaust leak. I was like, oh, yeah. Sure do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for noticing. So it ticks pretty good. We put a, uh, uh, a wide band in it one time, and it read like 16 to 1. We're like, Jeez. man, this thing's <laughs> lean. Like, no, it's just all the air leaks sucking in fresh air. Yep. So anyway, yeah, that's good thing Chevy parts are cheap. You guys, Absolutely. Do you guys carry anything when you go on a car cruise? 
Yeah, so that's a whole other list. Um, snacks. Snacks. Gun. Gun. Same, same, <laughs> same don't leave anywhere without snacks. Um, so it depends on it depends on the cruise. Um, we've got two that we do every year uh, without fail. That's the spring run and the fall run. The spring run is on uh, Kentucky Derby Day on my birthday weekend, and it's bar to bar, so you don't really have to bring much there as far as snacks and drinks because you're at a bar. You can buy popcorn, chips, pizza, pizza whatever, because bars just have food, wings, you know. But uh, the the drinks and stuff, uh, always, if I'm going out for more than just like cruising to my buddy's house or whatever, I've got a cooler with Gatorade and water in it because a black car with headers, with black interior, with no air conditioning, gets pretty toasty, and you're going to want something to drink when you get to wherever you're going. Um, so I try to have, uh, bottles of water and Gatorade and a cooler. Can't have a tumbler with anything in it because nothing built before 2005 has a cup, cup holder, holder, uh, worth even having. So that's a whole nother discussion, but for sure, um, depending on the run. So like the fall run is basically state park to state park and it's kind of like, off-grid overlanding in in muscle cars because we pull up to a state park and we grill out our own cheeseburgers and uh, we have our own drinks with us and it's kind of you know our own picnic on wheels basically um again tools um gotta have tools because nice every yeah every everything on old cars is typically 50 years old and a pile of shit um, I've, I mean, it, you name it, I've broke it. Um, except that transmission, except that transmission, knock on wood. Uh, but having wrenches, um, sockets, ratchets with your basic stuff, um, having like a nice little toolkit, um, is not necessary, but it's handy, but for sure, vice grips, pliers, screwdriver, zip ties can get you a lot of things. Um, I also bring now, I've kind of revised this last couple years, I've revised my toolkit, and I also bring a test light, um, butt connectors and wire pliers and dikes because I've been having some kind of electrical issues on my car and to be able to kind of quickly diagnose it and fix it, um, super important. Basically, um, your standard tools to kind of get you off of, you know, a dangerous spot or, or at least kind of get you going where you need to go somewhere. Um, so like this last, less last cruise we had, um, this, this gal, she was driving a newer Mustang, one of the newest vehicles on the run and a brake caliper bolt came out and the brake caliper bracket hinged up on the rotor and wedged itself in the wheel and locked the front tire up. Um, we it would go in reverse but not forwards. So we got her backed up and and off the road. And then another guy actually found the bolt in the middle of the road. I was looking in the ditch for the bolt. We found the bolt in the middle of the road, and we were able to put it back in the bracket and get her home without a trailer because you know the whole trailer thing. Try not to have a chase vehicle. You'd have to call somebody. They'd have to go get, go a, trailer. get a trailer. I mean, it'd be a yeah. few hour ordeal. Um, but date basically having something 
between like your group of guys that you go out with, kind of like sharing the the parts on the on the jeeps and stuff. If you know, if I've got the socket kit, Kyle, you got the wrenches or whatever. Right. And obviously, <clears throat> zip ties is a big one. Um, and then in old cars for me, fluids. I have a O'Reilly's like oil box, I guess, full of all different types of fluids. I got penetrating oil, I got brake fluid, power steering fluid, um, coolant, transmission fluid, oil, everything, because my car may need it, your car may need it, but I've got it. Um, and that's something we didn't talk about on the wheeling one is I bring fluids and some electrical connectors and like a Dykes in like a little bag too. Cause okay. you just never know when, whether, you know, whether it's a buck you connector or, right. or a terminal or something will save the day. So if I had a Chevy, it wouldn't be a concern, but I got a That's Mopar. Yeah. And uh, the exhaust manifold bolts, uh, they're drilled into water jackets, which is super handy. We learned that the hard way. And uh, I had one come loose on our last run, and it was leaking coolant decently quick. I mean, it was a solid drip, not really a solid stream, but I used about, I don't know, half a gallon of coolant on that trip, just driving it all day. Didn't really give a shit because I'm putting the turbos on it. So the headers are coming off anyway, eventually. Um, but ha- having that, you know, being kind of like the prepared person, if somebody needs like, Hey, I've, I'm running low on brake fluid or I'm running low on power steering fluid, having that being kind of like saving the day for the next guy or whatever. Um, that's something that I try to do because you know, older cars, they got big enough trunks. You can put quite a bit of shit in there. That reminds me of the time we took your dart up to Coles County Dragway. Yeah. And we brought those old slicks. I okay, had, yeah. And we put them on your car. I don't know. They didn't fit or they something. They didn't fit. They didn't fit. We brought them up there. That was a fun time. I have seen, so you talk about a tool bag. <clears throat> I've seen some old people on car runs have a toolbox in the back, like in their trunk. Okay. And I've seen the toolbox try to exit the trunk through the quarter panel one time when an old man was leaving a car, like a car show. There's a dent in the quarter panel of Marlene's uh, charger from that exact thing. So, like, everybody was leaving. I think we are on Bryce Road in uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is, like, burnout alley of the Monster Mopar deal over there. And some old man was in a all black, like black top, black stripe, red interior, beautiful 70 Challenger. Left the parking lot, like the TGI Fridays parking lot sideways. And like all you could hear as he was like half-ass losing control was something inside the car just slamming against metal. And he stopped and you could see the all four corners of his craftsman, little red craftsman toolbox that was in his trunk in the driver's side quarter panel. Ouch. Yeah. So Ryan Goodrich sent Dozer and I a meme that was the difference between a street rod and a hot rod. (laughs) A street rod has folding chairs in the trunk, which is another road trip, car trip essential, having lawn chairs. And a hot rod has a toolbox in the trunk because you're going to need to work on it. Yes. Um, so obviously bring chairs just like the racetrack because, you know, you get to some place and you might be sitting there for a while, especially when we do our uh, state park run in the fall run. Um, and 
I like to have music. I like to jam out while I drive. So I got that from Kyle riding around in his duster. He's got a some kind of boom. His radio doesn't work, but he's got oh, some kind box, of boom box. <laughs> and uh, we're always cranking out the tunes, driving down the road, just living life. And um, but It popped up on my time hop the other day when I bought my convertible Dart. And it was like 16 degrees outside and snowing. And Sam insisted we drive the car like through T-Town with the top down. What's the point of having a convertible oh if God, you put was, the top up? It was terrible. But oh, yeah, wow. that, that pulled up on my Facebook. So Dozer, what do you bring car cruising? Oh, no, no way. <laughs> he, he sells us cars faster and he can cruise them. Hey, hey, I've had the, I've had the uh, Falcon over a year now. Has so, it left the garage? Uh, no, but it will with short time. So that's that's coming up. I mean, it's winter time. He'll, he'll make the spring run. Uh, my my goal is the T Town car cruise, which is in the middle of summer. I right? don't think my son could handle another year of Without not a burnout doing a burnout. So, uh, sit rep on the GTX. It's supposed to be sit done. Rep. It's supposed to be done for the spring run. In May, uh, turbo I talked should to be Dean, on the dart I, by I talked fall. to Dean at CW. Hasn't and, touched it. And I was like, I heard you got the Sam's Hemi because someone told me he's been working on it. I think it's Cody. Cody's like, oh, yeah. And, uh, or maybe it's you. And it was wasn't like, me. I was like, I heard you're working on Sam's Hemi. Oh, I ain't even took the trash bag <laughs> off of it. <laughs> yes, he did. He took the trash <laughs> well, bag off. Well, this was like a month ago. He took the trash bag off and put a fitted sheet on it. So <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we have... Yeah, I've gotten that far. The problem is he's waiting on that that 383. So I have a little bit of an issue. Okay. And this hit me. uh, This hit me the other day. So you, like, why don't you, like, freshen this hit me up? Because follow me here. Like, yeah, Dean knows how to do it better. But what happens when some... 25 year old needs your help and i was like hey like i got this hemi like do you know what, like you got a hemi can you help me out like i don't know i've always had dean do my stuff because i asked for his help to i was gonna tear it down in my garage and he was in dean's garage messing around with the char- the challenger and i was like dean i need you to come up here and look at these rod bearings for me and he's like you just load that sucker up and bring her over to crossroads i'll get her looked at lickety split we'll you're get a that machinist hemi. you shouldn't need nobody we'll, to look at no bearings we'll you get that know. hemi running like nobody's business just get it over here so i got plenty of other freaking projects so i was like hell yeah so we brought it over there meanwhile uh working on other deadlines i've got to get the uh my dad's panhead chopper done there's a there's a vintage motorcycle show uh, May nineteenth at the uh, Harley the Harley Barn. Barn, and my goal is to have that sucker done to take to that bike show. So hopefully is, that is your happens. dad gonna go to that? Or? I would assume he would. Yeah, I'd like to go. I'd like. He's to. gonna be like a kid in a candy store. I can't decide what he'll think. To be honest, I, I the jury's still out on that. I think he'll be Wild pretty. Up. I think he'll be laid back. He'll be pretty. Oh, that's cool. I mean, he may may be excited inside, but like won't, won't, won't show. show it. I don't. Know. I mean, he seems pretty excited that we're doing the project, like in general. But I've had to put my foot down a few times as far as like his Jeffisms, 
if if that's even something that makes sense. So I told him I'm in charge of the mechanical and he's in charge of the cosmetic. It's his bike still. I'm just kind of helping with the bill. But we're not wiring it with an extension cord. Exactly. Anymore. That's my thing. It's going to be done correctly. Is it electric start? It it's it the, when it was a factory well, motorcycle, but, it was well, a called what just happened? Rim tire. I got struck by lightning. <laughs> so <laughs> in its original form from the factory, it was an electric start motorcycle. It also has a kickstart. And at some point in time, the starter motor was taken off when a block off plate was put on there. That's how it's going to remain. Um, so like I said, he's, he has the creative license. Um, he picked out the colors and when we ordered the wheels and tires and stuff, he, he is in charge of what it's going to look like. But I told him I have veto power and I, I put that caveat in there for one reason and one reason only he bought at an auction, an antique fender mounted headlight off like a 1930 international pickup truck. It's cool shit. I mean, it's a cool fucking headlight, but it's like 12 inches in (laughs) diameter old kc jeep light baby and it's and it's gonna go and he's wanting to put it on the front of this motorcycle and there's seven inches between the forks of this motorcycle and you're gonna put a 14 inch headlight in it like no i put my foot down that's not happening i'll find you a similar looking headlight in a seven inch variety which is still huge for a chopper but it'll get the job done so he seems pretty excited about it it hasn't run since 1979 I'm excited. I like your idea of your what you're going to do on the back fender. Okay. So, so I guess is as you've been doing this over the last two years, I always assumed this was a put it back to how it was for nostalgia, but you are building it to how he always wanted it to be. A little of correct? both. A little okay. of both. So um, he was, I mean, when he was riding this motorcycle, he was just a broke guy you know i mean he had no money at all like you said he wired the ignition and tail light with an orange extension cord i mean just because he had it laying around couldn't go buy wire um the this before or after he had a sawed off shotgun you'd have to call and ask During. him you'd have to call and ask him um the uh he made a custom air cleaner cover out of an ashtray and super glued the harley davidson eagle in like a sterling silver scroll work style metal ashtray and it was like screwed to this air cleaner i it's it's the pic it's the pictures of it. it's on my facebook but he i mean had all these things that he put together to get the bike, bike going. going and and a lot of it is is cool but also not necessarily functional so we're, we're going to retain as much of that as we can so another example the front axle there's supposed to be just cylindrical spacers between the forks and the bearings on the front wheel. Well, he found they look like the end of a fire poker that's got like a little hook on it, but he said they came off of like a gate or a fence or something. But it's these just metal hooks that kind of hook into the front wheel. They look cool as shit, and we're going to clean them up, powder coat them, and, and put them back on there just because they, they don't serve any you know, functional purpose, any greater or less than just a 
piece of pipe. You know what I mean? So that type of thing, we're going to try and incorporate that back into it, but it's going to be wired correctly. It's going to have <clears throat> electronic ignition. Um, it's got a distributor that's got points in it. That's getting, you know, I, I cleaned it up thinking we could rebuild it, but I'm going to buy the entire distributor. That's electronic conversion. Um, the generator could be rewired, but we're going to put the new style alternator with a voltage regulator built in um, just to clean up some of the wiring. And it's going to work a lot better than a 1965 generator. Um, just just things like that. Wasn't there something uh, unique about that, about how they, uh, something the way they did it, that was like a crossover year? Or... So it's a 1965, which is the very last year that they made the Panhead engine with the bottom end stayed the same for 66, but they put a shovel head head on top of that bottom end, and that was called the pan slash shovel. And the 65 was the um, last year of the pan head and the first year of the Electroglide like nomenclature. Um, it was a different transmission, the four-speed transmission. And uh, basically... It was in its original form was like a full dresser, like a cop bike. I mean, it had a suspension seat in it. It had a soft tail rear end. It had lights everywhere. It had the whole console down the middle of the two tanks. So this was a true like he he turned it into a chopper. Well, he it's... bought it already chopped. Gotcha. Um, and funny story about that, I had the frame powder coated years ago, years and years ago, and. They, when they did the chop, they cut the neck off the front of the bike and they put a bigger angle on it to get the front end out. And it was all bondoed over where they had done the chop. And when they sandblasted it for powder coat, they blew all that bondo out of there. And there was like a fish plate welded in there, but it just had four tacks on either side. And the powder coat people called me up and they were like, uh, you need to come look at this. Went and looked at it like, this is a problem. And I was like, well, just go ahead and and just weld it up and then powder coat over it. And it, you can see where like a powder coater did the welding, mm -hmm. but it's way better than it was. And like, that was a thing I had a discussion with the builder. Like, do we want to cut this out and redo it? And I was like, honestly, no, because that adds to the story of the bike. And, you know, arguably it detracts from the value of the bike, but I'm not building it to resell. I'll never sell it. Somebody after I die can sell it. Whoever it'll, it'll ends be up in going. our podcast room. Yeah, we gotta put it up there. <laughs> yes, it's too like tall. the orchard. Dang. It's well, too cut tall. your floor out. Cut the floor out. I mean, we could build like the orchard's got that bike hanging off the wall. We could. Where's this it. bike gonna live when you get it done? I thought about buying a bubble like Nate Thompson and just putting it in a bubble, but I don't think the bubbles are long enough. I'd put it right there. Except for uh, when your basement floods. That, that could be a problem. <laughs> Kyle knows about that. It's a shitty deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, uh, I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, you can reach us on Facebook. Ash, uh, or short Story Long on Facebook. You can email us at askaskshortstorylong at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear your tips for all of our different adventures type stuff and what would you bring along uh feel free to 
give us a follow, a like, and a share. Tell someone you know. Um, and you guys have a good one. And we'll see you on the next one. See you later, guys. See ya.